was a good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today? Bueno. 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 I, lo- I love the international flair that well, you bring. we are bringing. the World Senior Games. We are so the World Senior Games. And I think you've got at least three or four languages that probably you can, that's can call upon to <laughs> yes. say good. Uh, the last <laughs> second, I can probably come up with three or four, yep. Well, I'm glad that you're bueno. That, that makes me feel good. And how are you, Kyle? I'm doing good. I'm doing muito bang. Well, good. <laughs> yeah. So we just added another some, some, language uh, to our repertoire. You've got French and Spanish. you got a little Portuguese. Portuguese. i got English, too. you got English. i got Canadian. So uh, I can do Canadian too. Oh, you can do Canadian as well because you you spent some time in Canada. Yes, so. I did. A. Yeah, we are an international organization for sure. But <laughs> hey, Jeff, I found an interesting topic, an interesting article that, article that I wanted to start our show well, off great. with what is today. It? And uh, it's an article that I found in Health Magazine. It was written by Amanda Gardner, and it's called Seven Things Your Tongue Can Tell You About Your Health." Wow, well, I, I do know there's some. Yeah, so I'm not going to go over all se- seven of them. But it was interesting. There were some things there that I knew, and there were some things there that I didn't know. So I thought... Share the ones you didn't know. Yeah, let's let's talk uh, about some of these things that uh, are indicators on your tongue about oh, your overall yeah. health. Great. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears or all tongues. So just, yeah. <laughs> so just to start us off, obviously our tongue helps us in so many things. It helps us chew. Yes, it does. It helps us swallow. It Gets helps us in trouble taste with our the wives. food. It helps Jeff get in trouble with his wife. Yes. Um, all kinds of stuff, it right? It does all kinds of stuff. But uh, in addition to those things, your tongue also can be a great indicator of, mm-hmm. of some overall health issues that you may or may not be experiencing. So sometimes the symptoms of chronic or acute illnesses appear first in your mouth or on your tongue. And a lot of times dentists find, the, find these things mm-hmm. even before your doctor does. So to start off with a normal tongue, according to Sally Cram, who is a doctor of dental surgery, she says a normal tongue is pinkish red it's not bright red and your tongue should have some bumps and some waves on it those that's a normal right appearance that's what we're looking for and anything outside of that could be an indicator that there's something maybe to maybe to check on it's not necessarily a given but there's something that you ought to be aware of right. so the first thing that uh, can be an indicator of differences in your tongue is uh, diabetes oh so they say that oral thrush, do you know what thrush is? Oh, yeah, I've had it before. It's kind of a... A whitish. Yeah, a whitish fungus, kind of a it yeast. grows on your tongue. Yeast yeah. kind of thing that grows on your tongue. So um, that's an indicator of diabetes. It's not oh, a guarantee yeah. that you have diabetes. It doesn't mean that you do, mm-hmm. but it's an indicator. It's, uh, like you said, it's a white, kind of a, a heavy coating on your tongue. Some people describe it as having the consistency of cottage cheese, mm-hmm. which is... Kind of gross. Well, unless you like cottage cheese, but you don't want to just unless you like cottage cheese. I guess I guess I don't like cottage cheese. So maybe that's unless it's got like fruit and Jello mixed. I like that cottage cheese salad, Uh but just to eat cottage cheese is is hard for me. But anyway, Jeff, back to the topic Topic at hand. People with diabetes are also more likely to uh, develop thrush, but they're also more likely to develop a dry mouth. Mm -hmm. And most people with diabetes are somewhat dehydrated, and that can make the tongue look shriveled up. And lose some of its normal appearance. So if you're experiencing some of those symptoms on your tongue, maybe you want to you want to take a look at that. Another thing that can be an indicator on your tongue is celiac disease. Okay, now, you know what that is, right? Yeah, it's it affects your. That's the gluten thing, yeah. right? 
So in celiac disease, eating gluten triggers the immune system to attack your small intestine. That's what's happening Uh when you eat the gluten. Uh, Bowel symptoms like constipation, diarrhea, bloating, and pain are hallmarks of celiac disease. But celiac can also cause you to lose the little, tiny, microscopic hairs that dot the surface of your tongue. Now, that was something I didn't know. I didn't realize that that your tongue... Has hair on it. No, I found hair in my mouth, but never. It, <laughs> but it wasn't attached ones. to your no, tongue, no, right? It wasn't. So, um, anyway, this is known as bald tongue or atrophic glossitis. Uh-huh. They also call it smooth tongue, and it can cause taste changes, and it can also be painful. Wow. When they say when you lose those hairs, it can be very, very sore, and anything acidic or spicy or containing alcohol can really burn. So, if you're experiencing some of those things, you may. And in addition to the you know the pain and all the the yeah, intestinal problems, stuff. you may be looking at celiac disease, and it's worth getting well, it, it checked out. So get your microscope microscopes out and check your tongue. See if you've got some hair That's there, right. right? If not, then then we got a problem. That's right. The other thing that can be an indicator in your mouth or on your tongue, particularly, is cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't normally think about going to a, a dentist and get a cancer screening there. But oftentimes, again, the yep. dentists are the ones who find these first mm-hmm. just because of abnormalities in your mouth or uh, on your tongue or even on your neck sometimes. Mm-hmm. But any bump or sore on your tongue or anywhere in your mouth that lingers longer than a couple of weeks is worth checking out. Sure. A condition called leukoplakia can produce white patches on your tongue. That's caused by uncontrolled growth of cells in your mouth. And leukoplakia can be harmless, but it can also be a sign of, of cancer down the line. So, you need so to get checked. again, something to look at. Uh, another thing that can be indicated on your tongue are vitamin deficiencies. Yes, that's the one I was most. That's the one that you're with. aware of. So, a healthy tongue is a pinkish red color. A bright red tongue could be a sign of not enough folic acid, not enough vitamin B12, or not enough iron. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, these deficiencies can be corrected easily and simply with supplements or tweaks to your diet. Uh, but also a bright red tongue could be a sign of strep throat. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that if you've got a red tongue, you've got problems. Especially it, if you've just eaten a cherry popsicle. It, it could be the cherry popsicle that you yes. just ate or the strawberry <laughs> smoothie that you just had. could be uh, that you just burned yourself on some soup. It could oh, be yeah. a variety of different right. things. But if uh, you're experiencing some abnormalities on mm-hmm. your tongue, it's worth it's worth taking a look, I guess. Sure. Another one is, is fissures on your tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want to be aware of any kind of differences right. or things that look different or out of place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be an indicator of a bigger health problem. Um, so it's worth checking out. You might find out that it's just fine and everything's good, mm-hmm. but you'd rather know up front well, yeah. than find out too late, right? Certainly. It's always it's always better to get things in the earlier stages and wait for the later ones. So. Absolutely. So, Jeff, uh, that gives us something to think about. We're going to shift gears somewhat dramatically here. Mm-hmm. We're going to move away from tongue health, and uh, we're going to talk about adding a sport at the Huntsman World Senior Games. Now, we've got a special guest here that we're going to bring on, but before we do that, we're approached not regularly, not all the time, but, but, often. but periodically. You know, yeah. someone comes up and says, oh, I think you should add such and such a sport, mm. and and we always want to be open to new trends and be aware mm-hmm. of what's coming down the line, and we want to be... Uh, proactive rather than reactive. And so we always try to take seriously Certainly. all the uh, suggestions that we get. But there are some criteria that need to be met right. before we can just jump in full speed into a new sport. Sure. And the first criteria that has to be met is that we need to find a director, someone who well, can actually naturally. run and manage the support for us. And today's guest is Turtle Miller, 
who will dun, be acting. There's our reveal. <laughs> he will be acting as our director for a brand new sport that we're going to add in 2019. Well, it's not brand new. It's just brand new to us. Brand new to us. <laughs> and it is trail running. So welcome, Turtle. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Oh, my, our pleasure. Thanks for taking time to, to join us. We're excited to be adding the sport and, and frankly, on the, on the show today, on the podcast, learning a little bit more about it. So um, let's, let's just jump right into it. You've been involved in trail running for a while. Tell us a little bit about your history with the sport and um, you know, how, you, how you got involved with it. Okay. Um, after I graduated from college, I moved to St. George and found a very interesting running community down here with the marathon. Um, at the time, I was not a runner style. I was more of a smoker style. And so, <laughs> okay, um, okay. I realized after moving here that uh, the St. George Marathon, if you didn't participate in it, it was kind of difficult to get around town that day. Yeah. So I decided to participate in the marathon. Might as well run. Just, to, just to avoid traffic town. jams, you're going to run the marathon. Yeah, just That's to avoid probably the most jams. unique excuse I've ever heard for running a marathon. Those of us that live here in St. George and, and that time of year understand the traffic and oh, the difficulties well, yeah, it can bring. Right? <laughs> definitely. So I started running and, and basically would just run the marathon and not actually train a whole lot. Um, I did that for about eight or 10 years until one afternoon I was sitting at a, at a coffee shop and I had a friend walk in and, and um, he looked like he had been through the ringer and it was about noon. I asked him what he'd been doing and he's actually been out running on a trail that I'd hiked numerous times. And, and I thought, well, that sounds kind of interesting. Maybe we'll check that out. So the next day I went and started running with him and every day we'd run at lunch and um that kind of got me into not even realizing it but training for the event I was participating in and and when you went went out with your friend are you're talking about actual trail running at that point yeah because you're you're running on the trails you're not just running down the streets yeah exactly yeah. we would just meet at a trailhead every day at lunch and go for six eight mile run and come back and usually I was the last one back to the parking lot and <laughs> <laughs> but after a while, I started catching up to him, keeping up to him. So it's been a lot of fun. So the other criteria that we have, we have multiple criteria, but the next one that we look at is the the venue. A lot of times people want to add sports or they have great ideas. And just because of the makeup of the community or the, the venues that are available to us, sometimes that's the hindrance. Uh, in this case, in trail running... I think in our area, we have a wide variety of opportunities. No problem whatsoever with right. finding to, a trail. To expand uh, venues and, and really experience this beautiful area that we live in. So um, you mentioned that you would just kind of pick a trail and go to it. Talk a little bit about the area that we live in and some of the trails that will be available to us uh, in, in future years as we move forward with this sport. Yeah, I mean, we live in an ama amazing place in southern Utah. Um, the weather's beautiful. It's currently raining outside, but that doesn't keep us from being able to run on a trail. There's right. Hardly a day. There's n there's never a day that you can't go run on a trail. It might be hot. You might need to run in the morning. You might need to be accumulated, or acclimated to the heat in the summer. In the winter, it's never going to be too snowy that you can't run. It's it's always they're, – they're always out there, and they're always available. And there are tons of trails. Um from our Red Cliffs Desert Reserve, uh, Zion National Park, we've got trails all over here. Um, the city and, and the area has done a really good job of creating and, and maintaining these trails, not just for running, but for biking and for hiking and, and those kinds of things. And, and any of those trails you can get out and run on, it's just kind of one of those, I don't have two hours for a hike, so I better hurry up a little bit. <laughs> but I can run twice as fast as I can walk, so if exactly. I've got an hour, I can do it, right? Exactly. So uh, talk a little bit about... Um, 
any adjustments that you need to make when you're trail running. Because when when it when the idea was first presented to me, my my immediate thought was twisted ankles, um, you know, s- scraped knees. Uh, what what kind of adjustments do you need to make and be aware of as you approach this sport, maybe as a first timer? Well, and as a beginner trail runner, you are you are going to have to keep a really close eye on your feet, where your step is. Yeah. Um, the first few times you go out, you may tumble because you'll forget to watch where you're running, right? As, as we run on the street, we run on the pavement, we run on trails that are paved. You don't have to pay attention to that. Your Different mind experience. Goes elsewhere. Um, you'll only forget once to watch your feet, though. <laughs> Trust me. I know. But, <laughs> I have the scars to prove it. But, but one of the things I really like about trail running and, and things that I struggled with when I was just not trail running is that you know, that, that runner's high that you get after you've been running for a while and, and being able to just kind of let your mind wander. Um, if you're focused on your feet, your mind focuses away from everything else and you really truly get that runner's high within a couple hundred yards. You're because you're so focused, you know, you'll be out for an hour. You'll come back and wait, think to yourself, wait a minute, how, where, where <laughs> did I go and how long was I out and not even really realize it because you were so focused on what the activity you were doing and, and it's just, it's an amazing flow state, I guess. Yeah. Really yeah. And, and honestly, I, I, I think that we probably don't regularly um, do that, you know, just disengage from everything. We live in a very busy and, and you know, maybe overly stimulated yeah, world. Very connected. As my cell phone a, vibrates in my vi- pocket right now. A right? very connected world for sure, certainly with the electronics and uh, digital and social media and all that kind of stuff. And so... Not only um, from you know a heart and a cardio standpoint, which there's great benefits there to getting out and running, but just from a, a mental health standpoint, to be able to just unplug and really you know kind of as you said, get in a flow state or a Zen state and just focus on the moment that the from step to step, you know, from one step to the next step has got to be very valuable. Sure. Yeah. And and you know that there's there's a lot of different health benefits that come from trail running, not just running, right? I mean, you get the cardio, right? You're going to have more climbing, more descending, you know, more cardio involved in a trail run in a hike because you perhaps you'll hike the uphill. But, but the other thing to think about is, is the muscle definition that you end up getting in your legs. Yeah. Yeah. Strength training. Because of the trail running versus even a road running. Um, as your foot hits on a trail, it never lands in the exact same position every time you step. It's a little bit slightly different, so it exercises all those little small muscles and, and, and really kind of gives you some great strength in your legs. And that's why you don't end up with rolled ankles all the time because your your body is literally every step bracing a little bit differently to catch yourself and keep you from from falling. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> interesting concept. And, and definitely you can see that, just all those small twitch muscles, slow twitch muscles, everything's working together to keep your balance you're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with Turtle Miller, who will be the race director, the sports director for a new sport to the Huntsman World Senior Games, trail running. We'll be just introduced for the first time this year in 2019. We're very excited about it. Um, one of the other things that we look at as far as criteria in adding a new sport is the market. You know, Is there a group of people out there that do this sport? Uh, so talk a little bit about how you've watched that evolve and watched that market grow. You're involved in other races outside of the Huntsman World Senior Games, so you've kind of got a finger on that on that group. And tell us a little bit about what that looks like and where you see that going in the future. Yeah, I mean, 
15 years ago when I first started trail running, I had no idea there was anyone else that did it. I didn't know anyone did it at all, you know. I mean, we would go hiking, but nobody really ran on the trails. Um, not to say that that wasn't in existence. It just wasn't something I was aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, now, um, being involved in the community and seeing that, there are, there's international organizations that, that handle, you know, the, the, the day-to-day minutia with regards to putting races together and whatnot. Um, yeah, I've got a race that I put on here locally. Uh, there's hundreds and, and thousands of races all over the year for different distances, everything from a mile to, you know, 200 miles even. There's 240 wow. mile race in, in Moab for crying out loud. It's, it's, you can, you can just go and go and go and it's a lot of fun to be a part of. And I think that's one of the great things about the sport as a whole is the diversity of it. Uh, as you said, I mean, literally every step is an experience, you know, it's a little mini experience, but every step is an experience. And then when you add the diversity of different distances and different locations, and even if you're running the same trail, you're still stepping in different ways and in different places. And it's just a, a whole, a whole experience in and of itself. Um, I'm just going to, I'm just curious. So you've been trail running for a while. Have you ever done one of those ultra ultra runs for yeah. multiple? What's yeah. the biggest race that you've done turtle? Uh, I've done a hundred miles. 100 miles on trails. I think it was 106, actually, but they all, they but who, all call but who's 100 count, miles, right? right? <laughs> Once you get to 100 miles, you know, in, whether it's 97 or 106, it's just kind of 100 miles. It's all 100 miles. Yeah. So what kind of prep goes into a 100-mile race? Like, you've you got to feel yourself. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's the running involved in it, yeah. right? But um, most of those ultra-distance races, again, you're, you're looking to kind of get out and explore and see the world and see places that you can't normally get to on you know, on a, in a on car, a, on a normal day, in yeah. a car, right? Um, you you really do know that when you start on the starting line, you're going to have to go through the night at 100 miles. It's not there's not too many racers, not too many runners that can run 100 miles in less than you know the 24 yeah. hours that that it takes. So you know you're going to sleep through that. You know you're not going to go to sleep because they don't turn the clock off for you. Right? And you, <laughs> you have you to run all night. And you have to at least keep moving, but. But a lot of times they're also in the mountains, and so a lot of that is you're not – it's not runnable terrain. You're hiking uphill, and so – but you just have to keep As quick as you can. Yep. Yeah. So we're not going to be offering a 100-mile race no, at the no, Huntsman no. World Senior Games. Let's get into that just a little bit. Talk a little bit about what our plans are for this year with the idea and the understanding that this can evolve and it can grow, and we may add divisions and different courses and different races and stuff. But what are we looking at for 2019? Well, one of the things that's nice about trail running is you don't have to have a specific distance. You don't have to have a 10K. You don't have to have a marathon that is exactly 26 miles and 385 yeah. yards or right. whatever it is. I don't even know. And and you, you can kind of determine the course and what it gives you. It can be the distance you want it to be. So what we're looking at right now is a course that could be anywhere from six miles to eight miles. Um, and it's probably going to be somewhere like 6.7 miles or something like In that. In that ballpark there, roughly a 10K-ish. Really kind of what I wanted to make sure is that we're getting good views. Um, obviously, we want to have some single track, a little bit of climbing, a little bit of technical. want to make sure that, that there's it's challenging, but it's not so audacious that the beginner trail runner can't think to themselves, oh, yeah, I'd like to try that. Um, but really, I want to make sure they've got some amazing views of, of the the world we live in and the, and the area that we're in in the world. And we are so lucky here in southern Utah and in, in Washington County and the St. George area that we really are surrounded by 
arguably some of the most impressive views Absolutely. anywhere on planet Earth. So uh, that's going to be great. That's going to be easy to find some amazing views, but great to get off the beaten path just a little bit and experience some of it in a different way for some people. Yeah, I mean, we've got we've got sections on the course that I've been looking at that you can see the Grand Canyon, you can see Zion, you can see, you know, all, all over, you can Pine Valley Mountain, all of that, all that stuff will be there, so. We should point out, you can't see in the Grand Canyon, you can see the mountains around the Grand Canyon. Yeah, you can see, yeah, you can see the rims, right. Awesome. Well, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great course, and I think that people will definitely enjoy it, and, and uh, it'll be uh, an experience that they'll want to share, and and come back and experience again. One of the other criteria that we look at is uh, this, this in the concept of a market, is are people kind of traveling into areas in order to run trails? Have you experienced that that's the, that that's the case? Yeah, that, that's absolutely the case. There, there are even race organizations that specialize in, in putting on races in specific areas just because they know people from all over the world are going to want to be there. Um, I've, been a part of an organization that put on races in Zion and Bryce and the Grand Canyon and Monument Valley. I mean, all those places are just amazing places to run and, and see. And, and yeah, absolutely. People travel for those events. I mean, I, I did. I, I did. Yeah. You know, I love going places to see new things. A lot of people won't continue to do their same race year after year after year. Sure, because they sure. They've already seen those, those, those sites. But I mean, I, I kind of like it, but I, I don't know. Well, it feels like just a, an incredible way to get out and see a piece of an area, a, a, a piece of, of, of some country that you just can't see any other way. You got to get out on the trails and you got to get away from the roads and just get out there to really experience it. The last thing that we look for uh, in our criteria in adding a new sport at the Huntsman World Senior Games is an international appeal. And it sounds like what you said, there are people all around the world, uh, wherever, wherever they may come from, that would find trail running appealing and maybe are even doing it in their own country, mm-hmm. but would be interested and excited to come here to this beautiful color country and uh, experience some of that themselves. Yeah, there's a trail running culture in, outside of the U.S. That, that dwarfs what we have in the U.S. You know, for years we thought we were the only game in town, and then we you know, opened, opened our eyes and realized that there's huge mountains and huge participation in, in trail running everywhere else in the world as well. So, yeah. I, awesome. We'll bring them. Well, we're running a little short on time, but if someone was interested in getting involved in trail running, what do you recommend that someone do to, to go out and have a good experience, a safe experience, and something that they can you know, continue and, and turn into a, a maybe even a lifestyle? Well, from a safety perspective, the first thing I always suggest is you make sure that you tell someone where you're going, right? I mean, Super that's important, important, right? Um, and, and give them an idea about when they should hear back from you. Um, I always run with my cell phone, but, you know... As far as getting started, just go to a trail, go for a hike. And when you're on a downhill and you feel like it might be fun to run, try it. Are there special shoes? Do you, do you wear boots? Do you wear tennis shoes? What, what are we looking at as far you as know, equipment? You don't have to go out and buy special running shoes. There are special running shoes that give you better grip. They have kind of a stone guard and an and upper that kind of protects and doesn't tear as easily. But any just normal running shoe off the shelf uh, running shoe. Um, so you really go to your local running store and they, they'd be they able to help, help you out. find something for sure. Awesome. 
Well, Turtle, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I, I know that uh, you've shared some really important information that I think our listeners will love. And I've learned a couple of things that I wasn't aware of about the sport myself as well. So mm-hmm. we appreciate you not only taking the time today, but thanks for helping us run this race. We're really excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited too. It'll Wonderful. Great time. Awesome. Well, Jeff. Yes. We're well into January. We are at that. The new year is, is well underway. It seems like an old year now. It, yeah, it's, it's hardly even news anymore. But it's still January, so well, yeah. at the beginning of the year, I want to talk a little bit about some uh, important dates that are upcoming in relation to the Huntsman World Senior Games, and mm-hmm. also just invite people to plan on being a part of the games this year. If, sure. if you're looking for a great event that you've never done before, uh, maybe trail running is your choice. But there, sure. are, there are 32 different sports that we'll be offering this year, and if you're playing on a team and your team manager has not already registered your team, it's time to get on him or, or maybe her, too late. Or, uh, or it, you might be too late. We actually have had some age divisions that have closed. Team registration did open on January 1st. I looked this morning, Jeff. We have over 435 teams registered already. And that's across the board. That softball, basketball, volleyball, all those things. Yep. So team registration is open now. Now is the time to move on that. March 1st is when athlete registration opens, so be aware of that. Put it on your calendar. And then the big dates, the 2019 Huntsman World Senior Games will take place October 7th through the 19th. And once again, we would love to invite you to come and be a part of that. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found. Once you've subscribed, give us a rating, write a quick review. It really goes a long ways in helping us spread the word about this event and about the podcast. You can also find this and previous shows right on our website at SeniorGames.net. Jeff, our inspirational quote from the day is from Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. The Rock. He says, success isn't always about greatness. It's about consistency. Consistent hard work gains success and greatness will come. Until next Thursday, stay active. That was a rock solid quote. Bye, everyone. Thank you.